The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Heroes Show. So excited to share our guest today. Today we have Mike Sagan from MikeSagan.com. He was referred to me by a friend, Devo. Um, I've had Devo. I was actually on Devo's podcast with his um, with his lovely lady. And um, I was saying, hey, do you know somebody that uh, that would be a good fit for my show? Because we were, you know, chopping it up. And he's like, yeah, you've got to get Mike on your show. So dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Mike Sagan's on the show. Mike, thanks for being here, man. Uh, thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate yeah. It. Yeah. And for you men out there listening, I've got he is going to be a blessing for you. OK, an absolute blessing. And for you women out there, he's going to be a blessing for you because you can if you can forward this to your hubby to your spouse, to your significant other, and let them listen to this. And I promise you, um, they're going to soften up and Mm. they're going to get more in touch with uh, the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. Which is very important. Um, I know coming from Eastern Oregon, being a stiff old hearted nosed redneck, that um, softening up a little bit and, um, you know, getting in touch with my, my heart center has been huge. And it's, it's, it's fantastic guys. It's fantastic for your relationships. It's fantastic for your peace of mind. And it's also fantastic because you're going to find out that there's a lot of stuff in the past that you've been dragging around like I did. And um, it's not serving you. It's not serving you. So, Mike, why don't you just go ahead and kind of tell us a little bit about your backstory. And the theme today is emotional awareness for men. Emotional awareness for men. So, we got to become aware and then hopefully at the end, Mike can give us some tips and tactics that we can put into our lifestyle. So, Mike, let's get into your backstory. How did you get started uh, helping men uh, become heart-centered? Yeah. Well, first, Tim, thank you so much for this opportunity, man. Uh, this is an honor and a privilege. And so happy to sit here with you and, and just talk, brother. Talk about some men's emotional health. Talk about men's awareness, emotional awareness. Um, so, my career really started uh, about 15 years ago. I was... Um, I was in a theater company uh, in California, and I was doing educational theater all over Northern California. And part of this program was I was coaching young people out of mental health issues or through mental health issues like depression, suicidal attempts, uh, suicide ideation, mental um, bullying, um, and all of the things that come uh, with being a young person. Um, And about seven years into my career, I was working with a young lady. She was about 12 years old. And um, she confided in me that she had been a victim of rape for the last seven years. Um, And her story totally resonated with me. I had worked with thousands of young people through similar situations throughout my career with with this organization. And uh, for some reason, this young person really uh, touched my heart and really woke something up inside me. And, and, and part of that was, I was also a, a victim of sexual abuse 
Um, and it was over a period of, of several years, it wasn't just one isolated incident. And so her story and her telling me about what was going on in her life really struck a place in my heart. And a light bulb went off in my head. And I started to ask myself, why are, the, there's, why are there so many young people that don't have mature adult figures in their life that they can lean on and they can confide in? Why am I the first adult that this young lady has told about her being a victim of rape. She sees an adult every single day of her week, sometimes several adults during school, and yet I am the first person. And what came up for me was, well, man, a bunch of adults need some fucking healing. There are a bunch of adults out there who haven't done the work, who haven't done their own internal healing. And so how can there be an adult that can... uh, help young people heal if they haven't done the healing themselves. And so that shot me down this direction of coaching and, uh, and going deeper into one-on-one coaching with men. And uh, about four years ago, I started reading men's mental health statistics around depression, around suicide. And, um, and those statistics are still around. They're still real. Six million men are still diagnosed with depression every year. Um, the highest demographic of suicides in America are committed by men ages 45 to 65, right? And uh, men are more likely, are less likely to ask for help. And so yeah. I started reading all of these statistics and coming from uh, an education background, I always thought young people were the highest demographic of suicides in America. Completely false. Men ages 45 to 65. And so I started to wonder, like, what the hell is going on? Why are there so many men taking their own life. Why is this their only option? And so I started to think about my own upbringing in America, my own, my father's upbringing in the Philippines and then coming to America. And I started to look at um, uh, the people I looked up to and how they were brought up. And, you know, when we look at this demographic, ages 45 to 65, these are guys who were raised with probably similar to you, brother, where, you know, they're just like tough, we, uh, we don't need help. We're a lone wolf in this. We are the sole provider for my family. We are going to get things done. We're going to make sure that my entire family is supported by me. And my emotions are in a back burner. I don't need to care about my emotions. The traumas that I've had in my life, I'm over it. I don't, I don't need any help with the traumas in my life. And so we start to see that these, these men who um, over time become more and more lonely their connections with friends, with people in their life start to break apart. And we see men ages 45 to 65 who are alone and don't know how to ask for help, who are, who are feeling symptoms of depression, who are having thoughts of suicide, who are having addiction problems, and they're not asking for help. And it's probably because they don't know how to. Also, there aren't a lot of resources out there for men to lean on. There aren't men-specific mental health resources. There are a lot more today. We see a growing movement here in men's workspace. But over the last 20 years, there was probably a few men's groups like Mankind Project. They've been around since the 80s. But specifically men's mental health, there was a shortage of this resource. And so I started diving into this and I created it. I made, I made it my purpose to help men be seen, to help men be heard, to help heal men. And uh, that's what's launched me into creating. Uh, first, I had a, an organization called The Authentic Man, where we did retreats and men's groups. And we basically sat in circle and talked about men's health. 
Uh, and then I created the Unshakable Man, which is um, a men's wellness organization focused on slowing down into our bodies, calming our bodies, um, and operating from a place of empowerment. Um, and then now I'm here with Mike Sagoon Coaching, uh, MikeSagoon.com, and um, I am infusing everything that I've learned around um, psychosomatics, around health, around emotional awareness, around meditation, um, and bringing that into one program uh, and a one coaching practice where I can help men heal from the inside out. That's so awesome. that's, uh, yeah, that's a little bit about me, man. You know, what's really interesting and I, I'm noticing is that the, you know, societies, the societal indoctrination and the way schooling is, is just, it's so broken. It's such an old archaic model. You know, when, when kids go to school today, it's, it's fantastic that they learn to read, that they learn how to write. And unfortunately, in a lot of these places, these kids are going through, you know, 12 years of school and they come out and they can't even read and write, yep. you, know, you know, and then they're exposed to mold toxicity and shitty food and, yep. you know, and poor health. And, you know, you can go into a high school today and get pizza, hamburgers every day. And, and they Talk have about like, Taco Bell's in there, McDonald's and stuff in high yeah. school. It's like, it's ridiculous. Then they got the, you know, the machine, the vending machines with crap and candy in them and pop, pop machines. That's okay. Genius. That's really important stuff. But, you know, so they're not, they're not teaching and, you know, maybe some typing skills, you know, that's, well, that's right. good. But for the most part, they're, they're, they're not really, there's, there's no, there's none of this stuff. There's a counselor so what about, there to help What about life with. skills, right? Like yeah. true, real life skills, like how to have a hard conversation with someone, right? Mm -hmm. How to breathe and calm your nervous system down. How to... Um, how the immune system works. How the immune system works. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Relational life skills, right? Or like, how do I, how do I treat my own body? Yeah. We're never taught any of that. We're taught to like how arithmetic and division and calculus. And we're taught like, yeah, uh, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't remember anything from like calculus. I don't, want, <laughs> I, don't want, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. I know somebody needs to know it to build a bridge, but I ain't doing it. <laughs> like, that's okay. That's what we have our engineers for and our mathematicians. We love them because we need that. But, um, because that way the bridge won't fall down when we're driving across it, right? Right. But it's important. So I see this whole thing, but what's happening is I, I'm seeing this shift, right? Guys like you, I keep interviewing men and women like yourself and like me that have just said, you know what? Screw it. Um, I had these problems. Um, I went through a retreat. I met somebody. They helped me. I went down this road. I took a class. I took somebody else's coaching class or whatever, and it transformed my life. And then it's like, wow, I really want to tell other people about this stuff. And, yeah. and then it becomes very passionate for you. You get excited. It becomes your highest excitement in life. And all of a sudden, it, it morphs into this business. Mm. You know, and then there's usually this whole transition period where you're doubting yourself. Who am I to help other people? I don't know if you mm -hmm. did you go through that imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah. What, who am I? To, but it's like, you know, then you start asking people and you're like, shit, dude, you're the healthiest person I know. It's like, maybe I should tell people about health. And then probably people came up to you and you're like, man, you're the most calm, level headed. Um, you're easy to talk to. Every time I talk to you, I feel good. You know, you really helped me. You've changed my life. And after mm. a while, you're thinking, Maybe I could help people, right? Yeah. So there's this whole shift out there and people are, are going getting away from the old school academics. And um, I mean, with now, I think colleges are going to be kind of toast because it's like, how you, you're going to pay $20,000, $50,000 a year to take an online class. Right. You know, so right. people are really dropping big bucks and spending money on courses that really mean something to them that are more targeted to exactly what they want to accomplish. Right. So 
a person could go, I, my personal opinion is find three or four or five courses over a three, you know, maybe you take one course a year and think about that in seven years, you could have mastered seven new skills that things that you were actually interested in that you wanted to learn. You could completely redefine yourself and completely develop yourself into whatever you could learn how to get super healthy. Take a course from Tim James. You know, you want to learn how to get be heart centered. Take a course from Mike Sagan, right? And then you you develop these life skills and you get mastery around it. And then you can take that with you and you can become an inspiration and share it with other people. So I just see a major a major shift. So for anybody out there listening, if there's something that you have that you're doing really really well in life and it's your passion, but you're it's not your full income, I I suggest go for it. Right now is the time. Start a Hell business. Yeah, find that purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and get out there. On what that purpose is, find that common thread in your life. Find that thing that lights you up and see if you can make some money off of it. And guess what? You probably can. (laughs) You will. Yeah. And what I got some advice from a guy. He said, he said, help people for free until you're a seven out of 10 on being being able to help people. So once you become like on a scale of one to 10, one, you couldn't really help anybody because you suck at the business and 10, you're the best expert in the field. Once you're a seven or greater, then just start charging people a reasonable fee and there you go. And that's, that's, that's a way, a good way to get started, but help them. The bottom line is you help them. You, you can help yourself, but helping another person, that's a different dynamic. It's a little Hell bit yeah. different. It's a little bit different. All right. So um, emotional awareness for men. So what does that mean? And, um, and uh, what do you see the biggest struggles are for people um, to, to grasp this, to start moving forward? Yeah, man. So, I mean, you know, and everyone listening to this knows that we all have emotions. Our emotions are, uh, these are actual sensations that we feel in our body that are triggered by things that we see in our external world. We see something happen. We see a stimulus happen uh, in our external world. Our mind interprets that. Our body feels it. And we we label an emotion to it. And that labeling aspect is one of the most key important parts of emotional awareness. We call it emotional granularity. When you can step into your body and you could feel emotions and you could pinpoint where in your body you feel it, but also label it and be very specific about what that emotion is. So often, and we see this happen, especially with men, is our emotional vocabulary and emotional spectrum and understanding emotions is very tiny. It's very slim. But the spectrum of emotions from joy, elation, and happiness all the way to anger, shame, and sadness, there are, uh, there are nuances to all of these emotions. And when we can get very specific about the nuances of these emotions, then it impacts every single part of our lives. It ripples all around us. We can get stuck into thinking that, oh man, like there's this external stimulus that's making me angry. So now I'm going to walk, walk through my entire day just being angry because that's the only thing that I know I'm feeling. However, if you understand the nuance of that anger and you look a little deeper, perhaps underneath that anger might be sadness. There could be shame. There could be rejection. There could be embarrassment. And so often when we don't allow ourselves to get very granular about this emotion, we just get stuck into in this anger. And then we just live our lives with this anger. Well, anger is a really good one to talk about. I want to dissect yeah. that a little bit and give a really good, because, you know, guys typically we can get a little angry about certain things. So yep. let's say, let's think about like, what would be something that somebody, a guy would, let's, let's say, because it's relationships. Okay. That's a big one. Like, so you're really angry at your spouse. Okay. You're, you're really mad at them because 
Um, let's say, you know, your relationship's going good, everything, you know, you're, you're living together, maybe, maybe you're married, maybe you're just significant other. And then you catch your spouse, um, looking up like her old boyfriend's Facebook page. And then you check and you find out she's been on his page a lot. How do you deal with that? Mm, that's a really great question. So anger is, uh, is considered the guardian of our boundaries. We get angry because some of our boundaries get crossed, right? Something happens. Oh man, like my partner is looking at her ex's profile. There's a boundary that's being crossed right there, right? What is the boundary that's being crossed? Immediately, you might feel anger because that is the direct sensation. But if you dissect it a little bit more, you take a deep breath and you, and you get curious about what the anger is, you can ask yourself, what is this anger? And is it really angry, anger? Or is there something else underneath it? So perhaps you do catch your partner looking at an ex-partner's uh, profile, anger comes up, and perhaps it's actually sadness, right? Perhaps it's like, I'm, right, I feel sad because maybe I feel like I'm not enough for my partner. Now all these stories are going off in my head, all these judgments are coming off in my head, and it's making me feel more angry. But underneath that is sad that I, feel, I don't feel like I'm enough. And so catching it, catching yourself in the moment before reacting to it is one of the most important steps in developing your emotional awareness is understanding that I am having a reaction right now of anger, but how can I respond in a way that is welcoming, that's open, that's warm, that can invite my partner into this conversation? And how can I approach it with curiosity? Right. How can I like dissect this and ask, like, what was I just noticed that you were looking on so and so's profile and I'm feeling angry right now. I'm also feeling sad because the story in my head is that I'm not enough. And now you're reaching out to your ex-partner for something. And so what is that about? Right. And so noticing the reaction, if we don't understand our level of awareness or emotional awareness, we just become walking reactions to everything. Everything in our way becomes a reaction yeah man so it normally would be like what the hell are you doing that's like a typical response and like you think right. about it if somebody comes at you like that nobody's being heard if, if if both of you are yelling there's there's you're not accomplishing anything you're you're just destroying the fabric of the relationship you're tearing walls down right those walls have to be rebuilt and you can rebuild them stronger and better building that fortress building that castle but so yeah. the, the tactic that I learned right here. So if something like that happens and it could be you projecting too, because maybe you were on a, yep. I mean, maybe you checked out your ex because whatever. And it's like, it didn't mean anything, but you did it a few times. Right. And then yep. you saw that and then you're like, well, what are they doing it for? Maybe it's worse. So the, the, the key here is like the key takeaway is, is when this stuff happens, it's like pause, take a deep breath and start asking questions. Right. What's happening is when you see something like that, when you see, a boundary being crossed, your nervous system can go straight to fight or flight. And then the reaction happens. I'm threatened. My life is threatened here. My partner is looking at an ex-partner's page. My life is in danger. I need to fight for this. I need to freeze or I need to get the hell out of here. And that reaction can be very toxic for the relationship. That reaction can be very harmful for, for the relationship. And what's really happening is you might actually just be hurt. Yeah. Right. You might be in pain, but rather than voicing, wow, that hurts me that you're looking at your ex-partner's profile. You, the reaction is, how dare you do that to me? 
Yeah. How dare you look at your ex-partner's page? How dare you make me feel like I'm not enough? What are you doing? Right. So it's about having the awareness of that fight or flight response that's gearing up inside of you. And there's actually chemical reactions happening inside of us when that happens. You know, I have adrenals are firing, your cortisol levels are going up. And, you know, so emotions are driving a chemical response in your body that feeds more into itself. It's kind of like the ego feeding itself more and more and more. It needs to be fed. Um, So that's a really, really, it's it's about that book was it's like observation with um, without evaluation. Mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, observing something, uh, being able to take yourself out of the situation or remove yourself from the mm-hmm. situation, remove yourself from the body and observe what's happening can be a very powerful tool to help you one, create some empathy and compassion for yourself and also forgiveness, yeah. but also observing that takes you, takes you out of it. It makes it a different part of you. I am not my anger. I am not my emotions. Yeah. My anger, my sadness, my shame, they are parts of who I am. They are different parts of who I am. And every time I feel that, that brings up a different part of me, but they are not, they don't define me. So if we can observe that, if we can observe, wow, Mike, Mike is feeling really angry right now. Wow. What's he heard about? What boundary was crossed for him there? Right. And so the, the act of observing the self, observing the emotions is also another powerful tool in helping us develop these emotions or emo- our emotional awareness, but also getting, uh, helping us get grounded with who we are as men. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's like, so it's, it's, it's emotions are an incredible and powerful component to asking or, un- or answering this question. Who am I? Right. Who am I today? Who, what, what man am I today? Yeah. And understanding our emotions and getting to know our emotions and the nuances of our emotions can help us develop that new sense of self, the understanding of the self. You know, when you, what you just shared, I just had a huge light bulb go off in my brain. I realized that when I was 10, I had more emotional awareness than I did as a man in my twenties and thirties until I was four, about till I was 45. Here's what happened. My dad is literally like Superman. He will not tell a lie. He tells you exactly what it is, whether you like it or not. He just, he just, I've never seen him lie. I, that's one of the things I love about him so much. And I appreciate we were watching a show and was, he was in his chair and I was sitting on the couch and it was, uh, it was about some adoption thing. Right. So, you know, any, any kid is probably watched an adoption show just wants to ask the question, Hey, was I adopted? It's a pretty typical question. Right. My dad looked over. He's like, yeah, you were. And he went back to watching the thing. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, if he said it, that's the real deal. I can't remember if I waited till the movie was over. If I got up, I went to my room and I sat there and I, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, okay. He said, I'm adopted. So I am adopted, but I have my bedroom here. That's not going to change. They love me. That's not going to mm-hmm. change. I got my friends. That's not going to change. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm good. <laughs> and then yeah. I just went back. I went back to live my life as a happy kid. Yeah. And you, you know? did that on your own. Tim. Yeah. I remember, I remember wow. doing that when I was a little kid, when I was 10 wow. doing that in my room and just sitting there and just reflecting and doing that stuff. And then I don't, I don't know if I ever did it again. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I ever had something like that happen again, but I remember doing that when I was 10 with yeah. no education. This is like what you were talking about earlier. So let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to dive into what you were talking about is getting back to our instincts because I love that. I teach that about people, about their food sources. And I think it's also really important for emotional awareness. We'll be right back. 
When I wake up in the morning, I ask myself, how am I going to nourish myself today? That's where Green 85 has made that an easy task. Packed full with nutrient-dense quality ingredients, it ensures me that I'm starting my day off right. Green 85. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Health Arrows, Tim James here. I'm back with Mike Sagan, and um, we've been talking emotional awareness for men and my little 10-year-old breakthrough. I didn't know I was a genius when I was 10. I was so much more emotionally uh, savvy back then, but I, you know, I'm working on it to get back to where I was when I was 10. So, Mike, um, let's get into like um, uh, the the I forgot what we were going to talk about. <laughs> I totally lost it. Well, let's go here, man. Let's go here. I want to I want to like break that apart a little bit as a as a ten year old Tim, right? Yeah. And the reality is, is man, we came into this world feeling into this world, right? As babies, we are feeling everything around. Oh, us. Oh, that's we're it. Like, the instincts. The instincts. The we got to get back yes, to the instincts. Exactly. Okay, that's what it was. Yeah. So you're you're so doing I'm it. You're on it. Back. I'm bringing it back. Okay, we right? got and it. So we come into this world. We are, we're literally like putting our hands on things, feeling things, putting, putting things, objects into our mouth and tasting things. We are literally feeling into this world. And that feeling sense is developing our brain and helping us understand, okay, cool. This is soft. So this feels comfortable. I want to touch this or, oh, this is, this is hot and this burns my skin. I'm not going to touch that anymore. Right? So we're literally feeling into the world and figuring out for ourselves what is, uh, what we want, what feels satisfying for us, what feels pleasurable and what doesn't feel pleasurable. And we are, we're super intuitive as we get older, right? We become uh, young children. We start to walk in this world. We start to develop a, a language. We start to understand the, the the society around us a little bit better. And, and as we are developing this sense, we're also developing our logical brain. And our logical brain can sometimes tell us uh, Fact or fiction, right? We have stories about things that that can either lead us in a direction of prosperity or value or can lead us in a direction that is like not going to serve us at all. But our intuition is really freaking strong when we are young. My teacher, Owen Marcus, talks about our intuition is our sixth sense and it lives right here in our gut, our gut feeling. Feel the gut. And right here in your gut, I mean, you know this, man, you know a lot about gut health, Mm -hmm. right? We can feel into our gut in a, in a social situation, and we can have the sense of, whoa, my body does not feel right right now. This feels unsafe for me. I need to get the heck out of here. Right. And as we get older, that sense starts to develop. But because we have all these cultural norms and we have all of these pressures from society telling us how we should think or what should we think, we then start to suppress this feeling of intuition. We start to distrust our intuition. We start to develop logic and rationale in our head and say, okay, well, you know, uh, my intuition says that uh, I should stick with this relationship or my, my intuition actually says that I should leave this in this relationship. But then my brain gets in a way and says, well, I mean, you're safe financially. You have kids together. Uh, we uh, we have a house. We have this business. We have all of these things, and all my basic needs are met. But my gut says I need to get the hell out of this relationship. So instead of listening to your intuition, you stick with this relationship for the rest of your life and start to live the rest of your life unhappy and dissatisfied. Yeah. As young kids, we have a strong intuition, 
Have you ever, Tim, have you ever like walked into a space when you're a kid and you're like, Ooh, this doesn't feel right. This feels really off for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, um, yeah, I, cause I grew up on the farm out in the country. I remember one time, like right by our back porch, um, there was a basketball hoop and we had a big cement pad there. And I think my mom had me go outside and get some laundry or something. I come back in and there was a freaking coyote standing right there. I was like, Oh, you know, and I was little, you know, I was probably like eight or nine or 10 or something like that. And so, you know, coyotes are a little scarier, but I've been around them, you know, my, we been around hunting them and stuff. So it wasn't that big of a deal, but anyway, so it freaked me out, but then, you know, that was always in my mind until I got a little bit older and I realized that coyotes are going to do it. But like I, I had like, I'd get, I don't know, that's maybe a little di- bit different, but I mean, it was, it was, it would freak, it would freak me out. Right. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if it's like, I knew something was wrong and then shit, there was a coyote there. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we have this sense, we have this knowing about our life and our, and our environment at a really young age. And, and then we unlearn how to do that. We basically unlearn how to feel as we get older, mm-hmm. young boys, young boys, before they hit puberty, they are all about being with the tribe I remember being a young boy and being like, I love my best friends. I love my boys. I love putting my hands around them. I love telling telling them I love you, hanging out, wrestling, sitting together. And then all of a sudden, as puberty starts to hit, we start to understand the politics of what it means to be a quote unquote man. Mm -hmm. And and that starts to leave our system. And we start to judge ourselves for for loving our male friends. We start to judge ourselves uh, and for... Um, having deep relationships with other males. And uh, along and underneath that, there's a ton of homophobia that happens. If I tell my best friend that I love them and he's a male, that mean, is that, does that mean that I'm gay? If I want to hold and hug my best friend and kiss him on the cheek, does that mean that I'm gay? Right? And so we start to develop these, these judgments and stories about what it means to be a man. And it, and it honestly, what tends to happen is we then start to disconnect ourselves from our tribe. We start to disconnect ourselves from our boys, yeah. men in our life. And then people do that, like on TV and, and news and and just people in general, they'll say something like like they'll say something like, Yeah, don't don't be gay like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like right. and then all of a sudden, like like because you showed your affection towards a man, that that's it they put it into a into a bad light. Right. But it's not a bad light at all. It's a great light. It's the way it should be. It's it's connection. We're all spiritual beings, and you know, it's like I'm thinking back right now. You got me thinking about my childhood and my and my 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 tribe. And man, we had tons of fun together. We get pissed. Yeah. Together. We get in some fights from time to time, but for the most time, we're having fun. And like, I, I have friends that I could call up right now, and it's like we we haven't missed a beat, even if I haven't talked to them in five years or ten years. Yes, it's like, what's up, dude? You know, it's, we're right back there. Yeah. So we see men adult men craving these male relationships, mm-hmm. craving other men in their life that, that don't, that cut through the bullshit of let's talk about sports. Let's talk about partners. Let's talk about whatever it is, right? Let's talk about beers and alcohol. What men are really craving right now is a deep sense of connection with another man. Mm-hmm. And also what they're craving is to, uh, develop a deep sense of connection, but also develop a deep sense of intimacy that is non-sexual with another man, right? And um, 
And I think through this work, through allowing ourselves to be emotionally aware, to understanding what our needs are, to developing a, a gut intuition, a good sense of our gut, we can then start to develop and create the life that we want with the people that we want. And um, I think this is connection is the antidote to loneliness. Connection is the antidote to these suicides, right? It's not a fucking pill that you take. It's not an antidepressant. It's finding other people that are willing to sit with you and listen to you and being space and feeling the healing that happens when we can open ourselves up to other people, other men in our lives. Yeah. That's actually part of a, a protocol we do for, for veterans. Um, it's part of the protocol besides, you know, cleaning the gut up and putting good bacteria in the gut and getting them on some healthy nutrition and, and right, changing the internal terrain. There's also two other things that we added to that. Number one is they actually have to find a good therapist. Mm. Right? There's mm-hmm. somebody that somebody that, that that's actually good when the only and usually about five percent of therapists are good. That's just the, that's what we've discovered. And the other thing was to reach out to other veterans. Yeah. They feel more comfortable sharing their story with another veteran than other because they feel like they might, you know, understand them better, right? Because they've been through yeah. the same shit that they've been through. And those those two those that and I think that that hanging out with other veterans is one of the biggest key components because it allows them to just drop their guard and because the military trains them to remove empathy. Mm. Well, that's great mm-hmm. for war, but it doesn't work when you come back and you're trying to have a relationship with your right. wife or your kids or just driving down the road and you know not having to do road rage because somebody cuts you off because they're right. a jackass, right? But you right. know, and then and and then so it's really important to hang out with other people where you can, you just got to share this shit. Otherwise, if it just, it's just there, it's always there. It's like a weight, you know? And I, again, I apologize guys if I have to do this, but tell the story again. But you know, when I heard was when people develop stage four cancer, they will go to like this Institute, like I went to, and they'll put them on an all raw living food diet. They get them off all the car crap, all the garbage. And when they take them off that emotional dope driving down food, it's like a dope. They take off the dope, the food, the emotions come up and now you have to deal with emotions, but that's where the healing begins. And that's why guys mm-hmm. will like Calgary, Canada, like that's the story that Dr. Clement always said this guys will come down with stage four colon cancer from like, they were cowboys, like living on the rain on the range, right? Like literally cooking a steak with a potato in a campfire and making their own coffee in a tin deal next to a barbed wire fence. Okay. That's their life and they love it and they do it. But when you got the proposition of dying, they last ditch effort when the chemo and the radiation, the surgeries aren't working. Then they come to a place like Hippocrates trying to live and three, four days into the program, they'll be getting a massage and they will start crying uncontrollably for an hour to two hours. Mm. And they don't even know what the hell's going on. It's from this trauma. It's trap trauma. It's suppression Mm. of all that crap that that you've been pushing down and avoiding Right. And these tears and the shaking is your body doing a emotional detox. Yep. That's That's what it is. So crying is a freaking great deal because I'm all about the daily detox, 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 detox. We detox the gut. We detox the blood. We detox the fat, the muscle tissue. We get all these chemicals out. We detox, but we're also detoxing the emotions. And this is the, it's even more important than the chemicals, I think. Yeah. Right. It really is. So what, have you had any experience with that? Have you, you have some stories of some men that you've helped them. Um, can you, can you tell a couple or one that really resonates where they had an issue, talk about the issue and you saw them have the emotional breakthrough and then how they were able to release that baggage and then feel lighter and, and, and turn their life and their relationship around. 
Yeah, man. So I work with men one-on-one and then also in a group setting. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a different energy between working with a, with a person one-on-one and in groups. And oftentimes when I do work with groups, we'll do, we'll do one-on-one, but in front of the group. And um, there's something about being witnessed by other men that allows these emotions and these traumas to really unearth and be seen. And so um, I'll often get a, get a guy who just doesn't understand what the stress is in their life. They don't quite understand what the anxiety is. They don't quite understand uh, what this like tightness in their body is. And we as men, we naturally go to like, let me understand this. Let, let me get like super intellectual about what's happening for me. And mm-hmm. let, me, let me create a story around it because I need to fix this. A lot of my work is getting ourselves out of our heads and back into our bodies. Our bodies, I, I firmly believe, have all the wisdom that we need to know in our lives. And up in the head, we have all the knowledge. And both are very, they're equal. We need both. We need our head to be responsible, to get stuff done, to put food on the table, to make a living. But we also need our bodies and our hearts in order for us to connect, to, uh, to develop empathy, to develop compassion, to understand ourselves. And so I had a guy who uh, just, just was trying to intellectualize his stress trying to intellectualize the anxiety. And rather than have him go into what the stress was or the anxiety, I put him in a hot seat in front of other men. And all I said was, what does it feel like for you to be seen by other men? And he sat there and his body just starts shaking. And he's like, I'm shaking right now. I go, great, allow yourself to shake. Feel that, that is your body releasing whatever it needs to release. We don't need to understand what you're releasing right now, but your body has trapped emotion, has trapped trauma, and it is literally shaking that out. So allow your body to shake. And and you can see him like get up in his head and try to stop it and suppress it. And every single time he's going there, I told him to take a deep breath, allow the shaking to happen. Shaking, shaking, shaking. Then all of a sudden, it's like someone turned on the faucet sobbing. But like sobbing like we were kids, you know, when, we, when you're a kid and you got hurt, you just like, <gasps> like wailing kind of right, sob, right, wailing right. kind of cry. And, and even within that, we have men in this circle that are watching and witnessing and, and um, holding space for him. And this guy for five minutes just allowed himself just to shake, to cry. And I wasn't saying anything throughout this. I was just giving him the space to do it. And after five minutes, he he had this like almost awakening of he shot himself up, took a huge deep breath and was like, what the hell was that? And just started laughing. It was just laughing uncontrollably. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe that I did that. I can't believe how I feel right now. And the next question I asked him was, how do you feel? What do you feel in your body? He goes, I just feel a thousand times lighter, lighter. Yeah. I feel like my body just did an hour worths of workouts. I feel like I am exhausted, like my body is exhausted, but I feel like I can move. The tension is gone from my body. I can feel my my chest is open. My shoulders are dropped. My face feels relaxed. And then, of course, naturally, he goes into, so what was happening there? And I go, well, we don't need to talk about that yet. Let's let this integrate. Just experience it. Mm -hmm. Dan Doty of Everyman says, you don't need to understand something to experience it. So allow yourself just to experience this and what's happening. And so this is why I feel like it's so important for us men to find spaces with other men who we connect to, like veterans, right? Find a space 
where you have a similar background, or maybe the common denominator is that you just are just men. Maybe it's not the background. Maybe it's not the career. Maybe it's not the experience, but maybe it's just, I want to be with a group of men and I want to be seen by a group of men. This is so powerful because if we think about our ancestors, we think about what it meant for us to be in a tribe. Mm-hmm. Yo, know, us men, we were out there. We were hunting together. We were sitting around a campfire. We we're telling stories. We we're developing plans. We were cuddling up with each other to create warmth. We were showing intimacy and affection. We were working as a team and we we're sharing stories. We we're communicating with each other. We still want that today. In this modern age, this digital age, our bodies still crave that kind of intimacy. We still crave being around a group of men and sharing experiences. And so I think this is one of the, the greatest ways that we can develop our mental health. It's just being in group, being in space with other men, sharing what's going on in our lives and experiencing and feeling into our bodies what's happening for us. Yeah. I'm thinking back on my life. I think maybe that's why I enjoyed, enjoyed team sports so much. Yeah. I enjoyed baseball. It was like having a team and yeah, you know, relying on each other and working together as a cohesive unit. And then right. and then my God, when you got on a when you had a team that that gelled, you know, and there was that chemistry there, it wasn't just about, you know, then you just like you just like you you became a winning team. It was like right. people can't beat you. Like we right. I was on I was on teams that we had some very talented people, but we also really gelled. Right. Like there was, was flow, right? It just, yeah, it was really. effortless and it was easy, right? It, imagine what your life can be like if you can just sit down with one of your homeboys and just drop right in and talk about all the things that are hurting in your life, all yeah. the things that, that are also uh, opportunities in your life, also all the things that are, that are abundant in your life. What if you had a person in your life that you can just be like, yo, Tim, let's get together and let's just drop right in and you go straight to the heart. You yeah. go straight to, you cut out all the bullshit that how are you doings and you go straight to, wow, I'm really suffering right now. My life sucks right now and I'm in pain. Right? Imagine, imagine what that can do for so many men in this world if they had another man like that in their life. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. And if you, you know, if you, if you want to, like, I remember when we were um, leaving or we're getting ready to leave the, the Hippocrates Health Institute after our you know, physical food detox thing and the emotional detox that we had, I remember feeling like I was floating around on a magic carpet. Mm-hmm. Like literally, mm-hmm. um, like I, what my feet, like literally I was walking like I wasn't even touching the ground anymore. And yeah. I was like, like, what the hell is going on here? You know, so I'm trying to, like you said, I'm up in my head trying to process this and what's going yep. on and why do I feel this way and blah, 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 rather than just feeling it. But it was so powerful. I couldn't stop it. It was just like, this is cool. Like, this is super cool to feel this good. And I remember telling Charles, I'm like, dude, we've discovered the fountain of youth here. So, and, you know, one of the parts of the fountain of youth is also, um, again, it's the emotions. So, um, I, yeah. I have a, I, I want to, we're going to take another quick break when we get back. I want to get into the, this emotional component and, and, and what does it really mean to be a compassionate man? We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently. We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. 
To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back with Mike Sagan, and um, we're just talking about everything emotional awareness for men. That's what we're talking about today. So, again, if you're a man, I hope that you um, find one thing that's um, this is a life changing conversation that we're having here. Um, I'm getting reminded of a lot of the stuff, I'm learning some new things, and I hope that you'll listen to this episode many, many times and share it with, your, with other men. And for you ladies out there, if you're struggling in a relationship, um, sit down and listen to it with your man and, and talk about mm. this and maybe you can find his tribe and help him hook up. Cause maybe he's like just focusing with you and the kids and he, and he's not having any, he needs to be, he needs to have some friends that are, that are aware, have an awareness about this that they can plug into or they can share. Otherwise us guys, we just tend to bottle everything up forever. And then you don't want to wait till you're in your eighties and you've never cried a tear. Um, you're going to be a very angry, bitter man if you do this and bottle that shit up. And let me tell you, don't wait till you're 37 like I did to to let it all out. Um, and it still comes out sometimes. But um, so, yeah, so we were talking about um, emotional awareness for men. Um, so what does it what does it mean to be a compassionate man and how do you go about achieving that? Yeah, man. So I, I believe that at our core, we come into this world, compassionate beings, mm-hmm. we just know. And through society, through media, through our own upbringing, through belief systems, we tend to stray away from that. We tend, we tend to stray away from this idea of community. And all compassion is, is I know that I am suffering like you're suffering. I know that you are suffering like I'm suffering. We are all suffering in this. And the idea behind being a compassionate man is knowing and understanding like there are a lot, there are areas and parts of my life where I am suffering, I am hurt, I am in pain. And also my brother across from me, Tim, there's also some parts of him where he's in pain and hurt too. And so being a compassionate man is understanding that we are hurting here and that we can also, because of compassion, we can support each other in this. There's an understanding of, of uh, I am not better than you and you are not better than me. We are just going through this together. Mm-hmm. And so being a compassionate man is understanding that I have, I have all of these emotions, these hurts, these pains, this love, the joy, the excitement, the uh, elation, the ecstasy. We have the, uh, we have the shame, the guilt, the, the, the anger. We have all of that. And also my brother across from me, Tim, he also has all of that too. And we understand each other because we can connect on all those things. Yeah. Our stories and the context might be completely different, but you and I share similar sensations and emotions like anger and shame and guilt and joy. We share those, right? So if we can be compassionate about that and we can open ourselves up to understanding one ourselves and these emotions, but also uh, allowing ourselves to be in space with other men to feel these emotions, we can then start to level up our compassion for ourselves and each other. I think self-compassion is one of the hardest things to do for, for us humans uh, sitting back and, and one, like looking back at our actions and looking back at our behaviors and even looking at our behaviors and our reactions today and, and sitting with, wow, I was a piece of shit last year. And today 
I'm okay with that. I forgive myself. I have compassion. I was operating from a place of hurt. And also my brother over here, Tim, wow, he was a jerk to me last year. But you know what? I was a jerk too. And there's yeah. compassion there. There's forgiveness there, right? Yeah. And forgiveness is that, that's the, that's the big first step. Yeah. You, you know what I love about forgiveness is forgiveness is not, um, forgiveness is not, 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 uh, what am I saying here? Um, what I believe forgiveness is, is accepting the thing happened, accepting the behavior happened and moving forward, mm-hmm. right? Forgiveness for me is I'm accepting that I was sexually abused and I'm moving forward. I'm not allowing that to control my life. I'm not allowing that to, uh, to define who I am. Yeah. And I'm forgiving it. I'm forgiving that. You know, one thing that really helped me because being a guy and trying to make everything logical and fit into a box, um, I was taught a concept of contrast and how everything in life is a neutral prop, uh, meaning that mm-hmm. it has no meaning. In fact, the, 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 the thing that the guy said was life is meaningless. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, huh? He's like, yeah, life is meaningless. Let me explain. And it's because everything in life has no meaning except the meaning that you give it. Mm-hmm. So you get to decide, right? So if something quote unquote bad happens to you, you can look at that and it can be bad and it can lower your frequency and bring you down. Or you can say, thank you so much for, for, for being that way. You've showed me that that's exactly what I don't want to have in my life. And that's also a gift. Thank you very much. Or that mm-hmm. past trauma where you were molested or whatever, sexually abused, you can actually thank them for that. Mm-hmm. You can know now moving forward that you could help a lot of other people with that issue. Yeah. You will never make sure that happens again. You're breaking the chain in the family. If it was a family, which in the most of the cases it, it was family, I think 70% of molestation happens with mm-hmm. most family members. Mm-hmm. Um, it's never going to happen again in my family. You're going to break that chain. That's exciting. And um, you know, there's, there's so many benefits. So what I learned was, is like, anytime something quote unquote negative happens, just look around for the benefit. Where's the benefit for Mike? Where's the benefit for Tim? Where's the benefit for you? And right. focus on that and put all of your energy and your focus into that, making it being a good thing for you. Right. Right. It's a right. good thing. Even if somebody yeah. did something wrong to you, it's okay that they did that. Now that you've got that contrast, you'll know to maybe not go back and do that again because you yeah. don't want that anymore. Right. And that's a, that's a blessing. Right. So it's not yeah, going to show I, up I, again. I love that, man, because I, I think so often we can find ourselves holding grudges and resentment and holding on to things, holding on to stories, holding on to past hurt. Yeah. And, and who does that hurt? Who does that hurt? Ourselves. Yeah. Right. Buddha said anger is like holding a hot coal in your hand with the intention of throwing it at someone. Only one person <laughs> gets burned. Yeah. Right. I'm getting burned with this resentment. I'm getting burned with this anger. I'm getting burned with holding on to this. And so we have to think about what are we holding on to that's not serving us anymore. And I love what you said there because so often these traumas in our lives and the the coping mechanism that we develop can become so much in a way a hero to us, a protector for us. But as we get older and we hold on to this, then it starts to become toxic for us. And it becomes it becomes this place where it's it's unproductive. We, we, we step into this world as a walking reaction and that same pattern comes up and it doesn't serve us anymore. 
Mm-hmm. And so it's so important for us to think about what is it that we're holding on to from my past? And can I let go of it now? Can I forgive that? Can I say thank you for teaching me? Thank you for giving me this wisdom. Thank you for getting for allowing me to move through that so I could be where I am today. And today I'm not allowing that to hold me down anymore. I'm moving forward. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So as we get wrapped up here, buddy, um, what are some, like, what are your top, let's just do our top three tips or that you would share with people to improve their, especially men to improve their emotional awareness. Yeah. Number one, breathe. Breathe, 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 breathe. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, one of the most beneficial things we can do now is just take intentional deep breaths throughout the the day and check in with yourself. Notice what you're feeling. I think sometimes if we don't understand uh, our emotions, we don't understand that our emotions are like seasons. They come and go. They're like the waves that crash on our shore. They come in and they come out and our emotions throughout our day shift all the time. And if we don't give ourselves an opportunity to just slow down for a minute, 30 seconds to a minute, just taking intentional deep breaths and checking in with where am I right now? I think we could get trapped into whatever it is that um, reaction mode, reaction mode. Exactly. It's what you said earlier. It's like the pause. Like I know people are in fight or flight mode. That's why we teach people to take about a minute or two of deep breaths in and out to, to get the body out of fight or flight, have the blood rush back from the extremities back into the organ system so they can digest. But at the same token, if you have somebody that's quote unquote wronged you or something happened with your spouse or your kids, then all of a sudden, you know, if you can just pause and take a deep breath, you can get yourself back out of fight or flight and get into rest and digest mode where you're going to be much better able to um, have a conversation with that person. Yeah. And, 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 and then, and then build a, and, and build a wall with the relationship rather than tearing one down. Right. Yeah, man. So that's yeah. your first, your first tip is breath. What else? Yeah. Second tip is connection. Mm. Connection. When I say connection, I mean intimacy and affection with other people in your life. Um, Does that include men? Hell yeah, that that especially <laughs> includes men, right? Deep connection means is the, the equation for deep connection is length of time that you've known someone times vulnerability. That equals deep connection. So if I have a homie that I've known for 20 years and we, we, uh, we don't ever get vulnerable, we just talk about warriors and basketball, we just talk about warriors and basketball, then that deep connection continues to decrease, decrease, decrease. But if I introduce to this friend, that, uh, that I'm hurt or I'm in pain or I'm excited or I have joy in my life, that increases the deep connection. So now we take 20 years of friendship, times it by the vulnerability, that creates more connection between the two of us. And connection is uh, a human need. We need connection in our lives in order for us to survive, right? Like young babies, babies have a, a higher death rate if they are not held skin to skin with another person, right? And so we still need that connection with another person. We need, we still need skin to skin contact. We still need openness and vulnerability with another person. Maybe you weren't held as a child enough. Right. And that could be something you don't even know what's going on. Right. I mean, I meet, I meet guys all the time who are like, I don't like being touched. And that makes me feel sad because touch is an important thing. And that could have came from a trauma, right? Like being sexually abused, or maybe mom didn't hold you enough, or maybe dad didn't hold you enough, but mm-hmm. you have this aversion to being touched and touch is what is a love language, 
right? It is, it is how we feel loved and how we fill our cups. Um, and so integrate intimacy connection into your life. Awesome. Okay. So breathing and connection, is there any, is there one more or is that the measure? Yeah, let's go, let's go one more, man. And I think okay. it's like, you know, your, your, your pillars of health, right? Stay mm-hmm. hydrated, take care of your gut, eat whole foods, yep. exercise, move your body, sleep, right? Like all of these things, like we, I, I talk about being fully resourced in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And if we're not fully resourced, if we're not, if we're not feeding ourselves well, if we're not getting enough sleep, if we're not exercising, we're not moving our body, if we're not hydrated in relationship with other people, we are more likely to be triggered by them. We are more likely to be walking reactions. So it's important for us to take care of our physical bodies um, in order for us to find the connection and also develop our emotional awareness. Well, I couldn't think of a better um, last tip to tie this into mm-hmm. just how important it is to have a good, healthy, strong body. It's important because it's the vehicle that's going to get you through the conversations in these relationships. It's going to help you deal with things better. Maybe that's another advantage that I've been able to acquire, which is like emotionally, since I've changed my lifestyle 10 years ago, um, I can just deal with things better because my body feels better. You know, I, I'm not in pain body all the time anymore. You know, with emotionally and physically, like yeah. phys- we, we were talking about, like, it's not fun when you're bleeding every day, mm-hmm. you know, for two and a half years and that what I had to deal with. So to get rid of that pain, but then also to have that emotional pain that I've been carrying around. And then all of a sudden I go through these processes and all of a sudden I feel like I'm floating around on a magic carpet and I realize, wow, that's real. Like, that emotional pain that we're carrying around is real. Cause I've done that a couple of times in my life where I've had those long cries, emotional shaking and that kind of stuff where you, you, like you said, it's just like you're a little kid and you're like, Wah! and then afterwards, God, you feel so good. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's like literally it's a healing, like, you know, and people think all this stuff is woo woo, but I've experienced it. And it's, it's, it's so not, it's so not woo woo. It's so real. And it's mm-hmm. so important. And I think this is a message that you are sharing with people and the, and, the, and the men that you're healing and the families you're impacting, because it's not just them that you're helping them to heal, but because when they heal, then the family can heal. Yeah. So it's really, really good work that you're doing, brother. Thanks, brother. I appreciate yeah. that, man. It's really cool. So um, how do people get a hold of you, man, if they want to get some coaching or join one of your men's groups? Yeah. So, um, you can find me on Instagram, Mike.Sagoon, M-I-K-E dot S-A-G-U-N. You could also shoot me an email at Mike at MikeSagoon.com and check out my website at www.MikeSagoon.com. Um, I, my roster just opened up for one-on-one coaching. So if you're interested, book an intro call with me. It's a really quick 15 minute intro call to see if we're a good fit. And then we uh, we'll talk about next steps, do some coaching in there, see if we uh, have good chemistry and we can work together. Uh, but I also host free virtual men's groups every Friday through every man. Uh, you could, you could check that out. That's going to be, that is in my Instagram bio, but also you go to everyman.com, check out drop in groups. And I'm the Friday slot. I do it at 10 AM Pacific standard time every single Friday. Um, it is a it, 30 guys show up every week and it's just a great place for you to just be seen and heard and find some connections with, with other guys uh, around the world. Awesome. Yeah. And, and we, we talked about this in, in length today about, you know, about having connection with another man 
and mm -hmm. um, somebody you can drop into that heart space with and have a talk and um, and feel comfortable. So this could be a great place for those listening that are like, well, this sounds good, but I, I don't tell my buddy about this because I don't want him to laugh at me because mm -hmm. I know what that would be like, you know, my buddy's from Eastern Oregon, but because right. they, they used to make fun of me when I changed my health. But now mm -hmm. a lot of them are calling me up and saying, hey, dude, like my gut's messed up and will this stuff right. help me? And, you know, they come back to you later. Yeah. So if, if you're out there and you're listening and, and this message is resonating with you and you're feeling like you would like to have an emotional breakthrough, um, you'd like to start living like a heart centered man, um, then, you know, check in with Mike and, and, and join the group. This could be a first place to start. And maybe it's, it's a, a kickoff point, you know, and, and it gets you to open up with uh, maybe a close friend or something like that. And then you can yeah. get that, get that bond and have that conversation, that person you can just tap into when needed and hopefully on a more consistent basis instead of every 20 years. Right. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and don't let these emotions build up inside of you because they are, we are emotional beings and we are tribal and we need to be around people. And in fact, I talk about the blue zones all the time. The people that live the longest, they're the healthiest and the happiest. Um, what are the top four things? Number one, they have lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. So there it is right there. The number one thing is they have lifelong friends. Um, number two, um, they respect their elders. Number three, they, um, move their bodies daily. Mike talked about that. That was in his third tip was to take care of your physical body. And then number four is they eat an 80% plant-based diet or greater. So they're eating lots of fresh, fresh stuff. But number one is lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm imagining that these lifelong friends is these are people, you know, I've looked at the Okinawans and the, mm -hmm. the people from Sardinia and these people in Costa Rica and they get together and they hang out and they're loving on each other. You know what I mean? And they have close mm -hmm. bonds and, and they're sharing stuff. They're sharing these deep emotional things. So, Mike, thanks so much for coming on today. It's been my pleasure to have you on. And again, for those of you listening, um, just um, you know, check him out. Go to Mike Segun S A G U N dot com, and um, I suggest that you hop into his uh, Friday deal and um, and open yourself up a little bit and and see where it takes you. I think you'll be happy that you did. And I also want to thank all of you out there that are listening around the world. Um, as our podcast grows, it's all because of you listening and sharing with your friends and your family. And um, hopefully some of you guys listening today will share this podcast with every guy, share it on your page, because we really need to help heal the guys so that we can heal the family, which will heal the community, heal the nation, heal the world. That's where it all starts. It starts on that micro level. So please, um, if you like what you hear, subscribe like and share these these this podcast and until next time change yourself change your world and i'll see you again soon thanks a lot mike yeah. thanks for listening again to the health hero show i'm your host tim james and remember change yourself change your world and we'll see you again on the next episode talk to you soon You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>